Ed Transformed is brought to you by School of the Future International Academy, in short, SOFIA. SOFIA is a non-profit, non-governmental organization that supports educational institutions, school leaders and educators to improve their knowledge and skills and contribute to the creation of equal opportunities for every student in the world. This is a series of podcasts where we try to open up discussions on various topics that interest the modern educational community. Today, we are honored to have with us Olivia Platman, Head of Programs, and Tom Bigglestone, Online Learning Manager from the Economist Foundation, to speak about practical ways that schools can use in order to bring the news in their classrooms. Hello, Olivia. Hello, Tom. Hi, thank you so much for having us today. Hello, thanks for having us. Thank you for joining. To begin with, could you tell us a little bit about the Economist Foundation? Yes, certainly. So we are an independent charity that was set up from within inside The Economist newspaper by our colleagues there. And we work internationally to give teachers resources that will help them to have really informed and open minded discussions about the news with their students. So let's discuss a little bit about uh, the news in your experience. What are the main reasons why teachers feel reluctant nowadays to discuss the news with their students in class? Good question. So I think there are three main concerns with this and ones that I know I had as a teacher in the classroom too. So firstly, I think that the news can seem really complicated and that works in two ways. So as the teacher, you might be put off having to explain a story that's got lots of key players or lots of key vocabulary that students don't know and you might just think it's too hard to teach basically Um, and also similarly you might just project these worries onto your students and think that if it's difficult for you to teach it then it's difficult for them to learn it and secondly I think that teachers are human and the news can often be really scary. So as a teacher, I might be worried about the news being age appropriate or maybe triggering or damaging to my students' mental health. And topics in the news can be really sensitive as well. So topics like migration or poverty or war. And this might worry a teacher who isn't so confident maybe in dealing with controversial opinions or who might be nervous about expressing their own opinion in a discussion mm-hmm. and th- and thirdly and I think this links I think that a reluctance might also be around parents so mm. I think teachers can often lack the confidence to have these discussions because they're not sure what kind of reaction that they're going to get if they're covering something that's controversial or a bit divisive And I think they're then worried that this goes home and gets repeated back to parents and it might get a bit misinterpreted. So if you're used to teaching in a school where the students and parents are quite homogenous or they're, you know, you're teaching within a bit of a bubble, I think it might be quite normal to worry about disrupting that status quo. Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah, these are all very, very uh, valid points. Having a teaching background myself, I can really uh, understand why teachers would feel uh, insecure in a way to bring the the news in the classroom. What are the main tips on how to successfully discuss the news with our students? What age groups are these tips more effective with? Okay, that's a great question. And I'd like to begin 
with following up with what Olivia said about the complexity involved and the knowledge involved in the news. And we would always encourage teachers to start with the facts and to use trusted, reputable sources to explain the what, the where, the when, the why and the who behind the news story, and also be comfortable without answers for everything. News is ever changing, and so teachers can't be expected to have up-to-date information on a story which could be evolving day by day, perhaps even hour by hour. And so to be reassured by the fact that students aren't looking to them as the source of all information, and you can explain that you are exploring a topic alongside them. And your role as a teacher being to facilitate discussion, to challenge misinformation, um, to aim to um, get students thinking about assumptions that they're making and protecting the school's values. So being comfortable with complexity and not feeling under pressure to know everything. Olivia also mentioned being worried about whether news is age appropriate. And we would always encourage teachers to remember they are the best judge as to what's appropriate for their students. And for much younger children, perhaps looking at a news story in depth with specific details is not right for them. They might want to talk about the concepts or the ideas behind the news story, such as fairness or justice or equality, things that children of any age will have an opinion on and will be familiar with. And for example, we recently did a resource about tax avoidance and money laundering using the example of squirrels squirreling their nuts <laughs> away. And so keeping that in mind and also remembering that safe exposure can reduce anxiety. So children can be worried if they don't know about what's going on in the world, if they get hearsay from the playground or from their parents at home or from what they just overhear people talking about. But fact-based inquisitive discussions about the big issues are the best way to build young people's understanding of the news. And again, we are as teachers the best judge as to what's most appropriate for our students, but to not be afraid of challenging scary misconceptions and reduce that anxiety provoking uncertainty by talking about what's going on. And if students are upset by what they hear, to always give them a safe place to share, uh, whether that be with uh, teachers in the classroom, outside of the classroom, or even visiting websites such as Childline's Worries About the World page or other equivalents. And lastly, Olivia mentioned parents. This is a, an area which teachers can be worried about. Some parents might be concerned about their children discussing some topics or considering viewpoints uh, that are different to those shared at home. But to inform parents and to involve parents is really important. So say that the children are exploring a range of different perspectives with an open mind, looking to build the skills to form their own opinion and involving the parents too by sharing the content and questions with those at home and encourage them to continue that discussion. So homework could actually become home talk on a regular basis as well. Perfect, couldn't agree more. Then there's a lot of sources of news out there. How can teachers evaluate the source of news and how can they teach their students to successfully do so um, as well nowadays with all the plethora of voices out there? Yeah, pl plethora is an excellent word to describe actually, but this is something that can be taught really quite easily and there's actually a handy acronym that I'll talk you through that teachers can use and it's something they could display on a poster in their classroom and they can make it really visible to students so that they get into good habits. So the acronym is for the word SHARE. 
So the S stands for source. So when students are looking at something, can they see where that piece of news is from? Is it from a reputable source? Have they heard of it before? Can they check who the author is? Can they Google them and find out if they are a legitimate journalist or not? Mm -hmm. Secondly, that H is for headline. So students should always be taught to read beyond the headline. Fake news pieces often go for a really eye-catching headline that's full of clickbait or maybe a wild statistic. So you really need to read the whole article, especially before you share it with someone else, to see whether the arguments in that piece support the headline and whether the opinions stack up. So check out for the headline. Thirdly, the A is for analyse. So really ask yourself questions about what you're seeing or hearing. Have you seen it elsewhere before? When was it written? Is it actually something that's a really old article that's being rehashed into something new? Has it got lots of reshares on the internet? And if so, who's sharing it and who's liking it and why might that be? The R in share stands for retouching. So is there a photo or a video that goes alongside this news piece? And if so, can your students search the image on Google or on YouTube and see if they can find it elsewhere? And that's a really good way to check if something has been doctored or maybe manipulated to look in a certain kind of way. And finally, the E is for errors. So mistakes are a really big giveaway in a, in a piece of fake news. So look out for them. Legitimate news sources will check their facts. They'll use editors to spot spelling mistakes or grammar issues. So students should be looking out for those as well. So yes, before you share some news, share. You want to look for the source, the headline, analyse it and ask yourself questions look for retouches and watch out for errors. So good. Uh, from what you said, uh, the first thing that came uh, to my mind is that maybe it's not a bad thing to bring fake news in class, right? It's not a bad thing to expose the students to what fake news would look like in order for them to be able to recognise it. Exactly. Exactly. So comparing two pieces of news and literally putting them side by side say that uh, students can use that acronym and test it out between something that is legitimate with something that's not is a great way to show them the difference. Perfect. Um, how can teachers handle debates and difference of opinions regarding the news between the, their students when they are in the class? Well, that's a great question. And I think the first thing teachers should try to establish is disagreement and debate to make sure it happens in the first place. And that can be done through a variety of means, um, considering different voices and perspectives represented in the class and encourage students to speak up and disagree with each other. Um, but also look to beyond the classroom as well, to the wider community, the, the, the country or the region that the, the students are in and across the world and consider how a new story might affect other people and how it can inform their opinions and ask students what they can learn from that. And that obviously doesn't mean treating all arguments equally, but it will require some arguments to be challenged to establish how grounded and evidence they are and at least ensure there are a range of different voices being said uh, about a particular topic so it doesn't just become the case of everyone agreeing with each other which is a risk if everyone comes from perhaps a similar social background or similar region uh, or just share 
their thoughts in the classroom and in the playground casually. Um, so once you've got that range of diverse perspectives, uh, it's good to get students to embrace the fact they will think differently and to not see it as a personal thing between them if they disagree. So reminding them that difference of opinion can happen perfectly respectfully uh, without making things personal and to clash ideas rather than sort of clash heads personally. So encourage them to say things like, I disagree with Anna's idea rather than I actually disagree with Anna. And that helps them focus on the answers rather than the people saying them. And they could even then go out for lunch or go out to their break time and still be on the different sides of the debate with a classmate. But instead of feeling like that's a problem, encourage them to feel happy that they can disagree without falling out. And it's a real sign of maturity. So we encourage teachers to praise it when they see it's happening. And finally, a good reminder for students is that it is perfectly okay to change your mind. Um, often it's seen as a sign of weakness to change one's mind about something because it shows that you're going back on what you thought before. And especially in politics, occasionally, uh, people can be accused of being flip floppers or indecisive if they change their mind over a certain thing. But actually, if you change your mind based on hearing what someone else has said that has persuaded you otherwise, if there's new evidence that has come to light, then it shows a flexibility and agility of thinking. Again, a sign of maturity that you are able to say, OK, I thought this before, but now I think this instead and to explain why you've changed your mind. And that contributes to that culture of we are all learning together and our own thoughts are being um, are being formed, are being shaped by listening to others in the same way we learn to speak by hearing and internalizing what we hear around us as, as very young babies. We learn to think in the same way and we learn to form our opinions in the same way as well. Great. Yes, I can't think of a better way to help your students develop skills like critical thinking, like accepting other views, because in order to back up their opinions, they will need to come up with appropriate arguments and ideas in order to support their opinions. And the bare fact that they will need to express this out loud, it's great training, isn't it? The training can go far beyond just what the teachers are saying to their students in the classroom. Uh, in terms of the questions they're asking, but giving them scaffolds and structures to form their answers to. So reminding students that the word because will always explain their thinking and will always lead to arguments and ideas and perhaps taking a, a, you know, having things up on the classroom wall, which encourages them to say certain things to back up their arguments, whether that's evidence, whether that's arguments, whether that's examples. Uh, that they've seen and try to incorporate stuff that they've learnt about the news into their opinions that then then given are then going to make their arguments all the stronger and allow them to show much better critical thinking than if they just gave their opinion without much more to say as the second, the third, the fourth sentence that they may be saying out loud. Perfect, yeah, yeah that's a great task, that's a great way to explore and develop the skills. Do you want to speak to us uh, now a little bit about the topical talk? Yes, certainly. So topical talk is a program that provides resources and training to help teachers do all of this and to get discussions going about the news in the classroom with your students. So topical talk provides weekly resources that are free to download and we offer two kinds of resources. So firstly, there are headlines 
and these cover a different news story every week. And then we have projects which explore one issue in depth over five weeks. So that's five hours worth of learning. And all of the resources are made by teachers for teachers and they are ready to teach. So that saves you all of the hard work. Um, and each lesson focuses on developing critical thinking and communication skills. So like the things that Tom just mentioned, we are focusing on speaking, listening, creativity and problem solving. And we do that through really lively discussions and innovative activities. So hopefully as the teacher, you'll learn something too as you're going through the pre-prepared session guides. Um, but the really special thing about Topical Talk is that we also take these discussions online, which Tom will tell us a bit more. The Student Hub is um, a unique discussion platform where young people can deepen their understanding of those topics covered by our weekly resources. And I heard the Student Hub described earlier today as a giant chat. And I think that's quite a nice way to put it because everything on there is being discussed by students across the world. They can publish their opinions to a global audience, joining informed, moderated discussions with other students in other countries. And as well as those discussions, there's also many other activities such as competitions, quizzes, and online lessons for them as well. So it's a great place for them to connect with others and talk about the very same topics that they're learning about in their classroom. Perfect. Would you be able to give us some more information on where the teachers can find the materials and where, how students can join the hub? Uh, you can find our materials at talk.economistfoundation.org or simply you could just type in topical talk into any search engine and it's all on the same sites. You'll find both the resources to download. All you do is create a free account, which takes only two minutes. And there is also the Student Hub discussion on there as well. The Student Hub is not free, but it's available at a, at a small charge and it's um, all in the same place and takes very little time to set up. Perfect. I think it would be very interesting for the global community because that would actually help students whose English is not their first language to practice and learn how to express their opinions on current topics, which makes the discussion even more interesting and at the same time improve their skills, improve the way they express themselves. I, I see great value to what you do, guys, apart from the fact that I said that, you know, people whose English is not their first language can practice in real life situations. I truly believe that finding ways to express our opinions, especially online, because nowadays students, I think they need to be taught on how we, the, the internet etiquette in a way, how we write online, how we are polite online, how we are not just avatars, but we are people with um, that show, need to show respect and understanding to other people's opinions is extremely valuable if we want you know the future of, of the internet to be something better than it is now that you see people just going out there and with the benefit of anonymity expressing themselves in ways they wouldn't do in real one-to-one -one person communication exactly and it's a really good opportunity for them to learn from age nine upwards how to have those conversations and as Tom said it's about disagreeing with the idea not with the person necessarily so we are modeling that for them on the student hub and we're ensuring that they're learning the best ways to have those types of conversations from a really young age.
great, amazing work there, amazing work. I would encourage everybody to uh, visit uh, the website, see the topical talk, ready-made materials for teachers. This is very important. That would save teachers a lot of time as well in pre preparation time, I mean. And definitely I would uh, encourage teachers to guide their students into uh, joining the hub as well. I think that's all for now. I really hope to see you again in another podcast in the future. We'll be keeping an eye on what you do in the organization. This is all great, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for having us. Thank you.